Welcome to Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. I'm your host, Damali Peterman. On this podcast, we invite you to share a conflict that you need help navigating, and I, along with a guest co-host, will share what we would do in that situation to help you reach your breakthrough. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, I am so delighted to welcome Malika Davis to the show. Thank you, Damali. I'm so excited to be on the show today. I can't wait to chat with you. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So, Malika, I always start by introducing my co-hosts and saying how I know them. But with you, I have known you since you were born. Malika, everyone, is my sister, and she's so phenomenal. And no, I'm not just trying to fill a space because, <laughs> you know, I have a lot of shows scheduled. I wanted her to be on the show because she is such an incredible force to be reckoned with. She is an educational guru. She's done everything from taught elementary school to been in principal fellowship programs to even being, I think, the mother figure of the year (laughs) at her local church. And so I really want you to welcome Malika because she's just phenomenal. And yeah, maybe I'm biased because she's my sister, but I know that this is how other people feel about her as well. Thank you so much for that intro. I appreciate it. Uh, anytime. And, you know, maybe you also will hear here that she may have some DJ talents as well. <laughs> so she may seem a little bit shy, but she's just, again, multi-talented. Malika, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Malika Davis. And just like Damali said, I am in education. I got my background in child development and went on to get a master's in educational leadership, politics, Um, and advocacy. I've been living here in New York for the past 10 years where I've taught second, third, and fourth grade. I've coached teachers. I've coached students in sports, basketball namely, and I've also served in a principal fellowship, so training how to be a principal. So I love everything education, as you can see, and I do have a little bit of DJ talent. (laughs) And she's also Uh, One of the best dancers that I've ever met. So just putting that out there, if you ever see her on the street, just challenge her to a dance-off and you won't be disappointed. You might lose. Probably. You will probably lose in the dance-off. And what I love about Malika is that she's so committed to education that she tries different ways to engage her students. And some of the highlights that I've noticed over her decade-long career include things like her teaching lessons by incorporating different audio and visuals, um, dressing up each year as different, you know, groups with other teachers for uh, different holidays. Uh, also leading a group in a dance. So teaching them a new dance. She was trying to teach me one the other day, but clearly she inherited all the dancing genes and <laughs> I didn't. So, you know, sometimes you get, you can't get, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Right, Malika? Right. <laughs> you certainly do. And so, um, Malika said that she's been living here for a while in New York, but should we tell them where we're from? I don't think our guests know where we're actually from. We are from your nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Washington, D.C., where we're born and raised. And yes, we do like native D.C. things like uh, go-go music, mumbo sauce. What else do we like, Malika? Going down to the Washington Monument on a summer day to take pictures, go to the museums for free. You know, it was <laughs> wild to me is that growing up in D.C., you know, you you do reflect what you see and what you're exposed to. And so it never occurred to me until I left D.C. that you had to pay to go into a zoo or a museum because that was all free for us in D.C. 
Absolutely free. And now we have to spend so much money to go to those things here. It's true. But you know what's interesting is now I've, I'm hit to all the things that are happening in New York City. And so, like, there are certain nights where it's, like, free or pay what you want or there are extended hours at the Whitney and the Guggenheim and the MoMA. And so now I go on those nights because I'm trying to save some money. That's super <laughs> smart. And, you know, they even have mumbo sauce here now. It's not the same. It's not the same. I still get mine shipped from D.C. Me too. <laughs> oh, our, our mother does send us dc mumbo sauce thank you mom for keeping us keeping us connected to our nation's capital and to our home and plates of food thank you for that as well thank you for that and you you know i something else malika inherited that i didn't inherit was also how to how to cook very well like like our mother and our grandmother and you know what did i get (laughs) you got all the good stuff (laughs) you have a ton of great stuff as well you got the cooking you got the dancing you got everything um but what's what's really amazing is that Malika is so multifaceted. She's so sharp and so smart. And even though she's my younger sister, I often find myself learning a lot from her. And so I've just been just great. It's just been wonderful to have her in New York City uh, for the past decade or so um, for me and also for everyone around us. So it's great to have you in the studio. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And so for those of you tuning in for the first time, I want you to know about our format. We have a hotline for people to leave a voice message asking a question that they're contemplating. And while we do specialize in conflicts, it doesn't have to be a conflict. It could be anything that a person is thinking about, anything that's going on for them. And they just want some insight as to how to navigate it. And so it's nice because... You have two people in the studio who have no vested interest in what's happening, and we can really provide a neutral you know, perspective as to what's going on. So with Malika on the air for the first time, she is going to hear a message. So we're going to play the voicemail message, and we're going to give you some feedback as to what we would do if we were in the situation. So for those of you who have a situation you're contemplating, what are you waiting for? Pick up your phone, leave us a message, and you know maybe you'll play it on our show. And we'll play it on our show. So without further ado, we will play the first message for you. You have you one, have message. one message. Hi, um, I'm an undergraduate student and um, I've been like main- getting straight A's and maintaining um, 4.0 GPA. But recently uh just stepped into my junior year and the courses have started to be difficult. And it's... Um, uh, hard for me to focus on classes and uh, like pretty much keep up with my studies. Hmm. So it sounds like he's asking for some strategies and best practices for how to focus on classes now that he's entering his junior year and things are you know, a lot harder um, and how to keep up with the studies. So it's a good thing we have an educator in, in the studio today. What comes to mind first for you, Malika? Well, I totally, totally understand, like, college is hard. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> right? start there. It's super hard, but I think the thing that will get them through is just remembering. You are so close to your goal. So the same way you are able to get those straight A's before, you have to pull that strength out of you and focus in that same way so you can make it. Because nobody wants to be in college longer than they have to be. And so I think the interesting thing about the caller is he said he's maintained a straight A 4.0 GPA. So we know he has the work ethic. We know he has the skills and the intelligence. So it's like time to recenter yourself and say, hey, I know this major is hard, right? 
but I picked it. I love it. And so I'm going to see it all the way through. That's excellent. What a motivational way to address this concern. And so, okay, remembering why you signed up for the major, using some of the same uh, tips or practices that helped him to get a 4.0 GPA in the first place, and then acknowledging, to your point, that college is hard, and now that you're getting more into the major courses, Mm -hmm. like resetting, I love that you said that, resetting, and then kind of taking that and putting into the current studies. And I think also... Finding a mentor, like going to the professors in the department saying, hey, like, I really, really love what we're doing here. I'm finding it a little bit hard to focus now. Do you have some tips and tricks for me? If it's not a professor, finding a student who's already matriculated through the program or maybe they're in your senior year. So there are so many resources in school on these campuses for students to use. Excellent. Excellent. And so what about, you know, I I mean, for me, I wonder why it's hard for him to focus on the classes. You know, I don't know if there are any external factors that are going on, but sometimes external factors can um, really take our focus away from some things that require our attention. And so I want to know a little bit more about like, you know, and this is may seem off topic, but I think it's relevant. You know, are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating appropriately? Are you hydrating enough? Um, is it, you know, what is it about it that is causing you to lose focus? Did he move off campus? Yeah. Right. Is it the spring semester and the parties are rocking now? <laughs> <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> right? right? Right. Did he join a fraternity or, mm-hmm. or, or you is know, he like, working now? Do you have less time? Like, you're right, Malika. Like, there's so many different things that could be a part of it. I think because you said you're entering your junior year as Malika, and I know that's usually when you get more into your major courses, so maybe the, the workload is harder. Um, but I love the idea of finding a mentor, someone who has been there, done that, someone who might be uh, within the department. And sometimes they're even like TAs, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. they have students that are assigned to kind of help uh, with the digestion, if you will, of the information. Or finding buddies in the department. Everyone's matriculating through the same program. It's like reaching out and saying, hey, I noticed that we're in these classes together. Let's take some time to study. Let's compare our notes. Let's work on these papers together. Like, I want to know about his support system as well. Oh, I like that. I think sometimes in college especially, you can feel like you're alone. And so having a support system that perhaps is you know, in your immediate community, not just with your family or friends, can be really helpful because to, to your point, there are people who are going through it at the same time. And so having that community, kind of that, that shared experience, if you will, one, you'll come out stronger on the other side. And two, you'll see that you're not alone. Yeah. That's great, Malika. Even me now, when my Facebook, old Facebook statuses appear, it's listing out the classmates I was working on papers with at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so really having a good, strong support system is also the key to doing well in school as well. It's so true. I, I remember thinking about um, when you said that, it reminded me of study groups in law school and how we would have different groups, usually with like four or five people. And we just sit there and be like, contracts. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So you're absolutely right. Anything else comes to mind for helping him figure out how to focus on his classes and keep up his studies? I think those are like the the biggest things, like figuring out what the external factors may be that are keeping him from focusing, finding a strong support system, whether it's a professor, a TA, a mentor, um, a peer, and 
just really recentering himself and grounding himself in, hey, here's my goal to get to graduation and beyond, because it doesn't just stop at graduation. This is what I want to do further down the line. And so this is what I need to do in order to get there. I like that. Just kind of recentering, resetting expectations and reminding yourself of what you came there to accomplish in the first place. Excellent, Malika. Spoken like a true educational guru. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's let's move to the next question. You have you one, have mess- one message. Hi, Damali. My name is Annalisa. I'm an undergraduate student in South Carolina, and my concern is that I have applied for a bunch of internship opportunities this summer, and I'm trying to decide between a few of them. I've heard back from one that I'm very much interested in but I'm still waiting to hear back on a few others that I think would be more closely aligned with what I want to do and would probably look a little bit better on my resume. So I was wondering how I move forward with this situation. How do I not waste the one internship that has offered me a job time without and also not break any barriers, break any relationships with any of the other organizations? Do I reach out to them and ask them if they're still considering me for the job? Or do I accept one and then if I, by chance I get another one, I go back on that offer? Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day. Hmm. This probably happened to you before, Malika, where you had a lot of opportunities and you had to figure out uh, which one you were going to take. So what are your thoughts? I'm going to say that this problem will never go away because (laughs) even as you move out of college, right, when you're in your profession, you're going to be faced with the same thing. And so a couple of things come to mind for me. One, the deadline. She said that there is an opportunity that it's kind of aligned to what she wanted to do and she was already given the opportunity. What's the deadline for her accepting that position, right? If she has a little bit of wiggle room or she can wait to hear back from the other places, then fine. If that deadline is approaching and you know that it's going to get you closer to where you want to be, then you have to jump on that opportunity because opportunities don't always come and they don't always come swiftly. Um, I'm also thinking about which one is most connected to her goals, right? It sounds like she applied for a lot of internships you always have to ask yourself which one is going to look best to the recruiters um, as I go down the line. Uh, which one is going to get me that job that I really want to secure after school? Which one might hire me for after I graduate? And so those are things to think about. And then I'm also thinking about the resources thing. Does she have to travel out of town for any of these internships? Are they providing housing for her? If so, like which ones right are going to be best for your pocket? Uh, if they're paid or unpaid internships, like what are the things that you need to get out of the internship and which one of these programs or companies is going to help you to get those things that you need? So I like that. I think something else to consider because it sounds like she has one offer and she hasn't heard back from the other company yet um, is the notion of leveraging that offer. So actually contacting the other company and saying, hi, it's me. Um, I just wanted to follow up just to see, you know, check on the status of my application um, and then wait to hear what they say because maybe they'll just say, oh, well, we we're going to tell you something tomorrow. Or maybe they'll say we haven't even started to process them yet. So depending on what they say, then deciding whether or not you want to share the fact that well, I've already received a 
you know, an opportunity and I really wanted to have this position with you guys and I wanted to, to know when we would hear something back or I just wanted to follow up. So basically putting that information out there. Um, of course you risk them saying, well, she already has another job. Maybe there's some other folks here who don't have jobs yet or lined up. Um, but my, my thinking is that each recruiter wants the best person for the job. And if they like what she has to offer, then they're going to perhaps offer the position to her. It's just maybe a timing situation and they haven't reviewed the applications yet. So I think it's really important to think about whether you want to leverage the first offer with the offer you haven't received yet just to kind of get some more information. It sounds like a good problem to have. Right. And like you said, Malik, it's something that will never go away, hopefully, that you'll always have more than one opportunity to explore uh, throughout your career as a student and even as, as you enter into um, the professional world. Right. And I really just think that the deadline piece is very, very important for her moving forward. Because that first company saw something in her, right? And they wanted to extend an offer. And so she doesn't want to keep them waiting as well. Yeah. And so if she finds that she reaches out to the second company and the response isn't fast enough or she's not getting a response and you, this is somewhere you've already applied for in the first place. So you're interested in the program, then that's something you need to move on with because you never know what opportunities are waiting for you with that first company. So true. And you know, I'm not really great with sayings, but isn't there like some saying like a bird in the hand or something? It's worth more than two in the bush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> and so I think what that means is you have a bird in your hand. Why are you trying to go find something else, you know, more potentially more in the bush? So basically, for us, you have an opportunity. As Malika said, you applied for it, and it seems like you know if you there was some interest in it because you applied. It also sounds like you want to figure out how to best maintain or preserve the relationship because you do have this offer, and there could be a situation where you have two offers. And so I think what I also hear you saying is, how do I say no gracefully if I applied for a position and I want to not burn any bridges? Do you think so, Malika? Yes. Um, that can be tricky at times. That's when you reach out to like your older sister who's great <laughs> with words <laughs> because I've been in that predicament before. And I think it's it's being honest and professional. At this time, um, I have another opportunity that came my way. Thank you so much. I would like to keep in contact for future opportunities. Keep it simple. Keep it professional. Make sure you give them something to work with, like there's another opportunity or maybe I'll be out of town this summer, but you don't want to leave them hanging. That's right. And I think it's so important that you have an, a graceful exit, as Malika is saying. And then, you know, you never know. I found that sometimes if you think outside of the box, you may help a company to think outside of the box. And so perhaps there is a world that exists where you could do both jobs. Maybe one job or one internship is for the first half of the summer. And, and maybe it could be advertised that way or perhaps not. Um, and maybe the other one you could do for the second half of the summer. Again, we don't have a lot of details about your situation, so we don't know if, if they're both in the same place and if, if whether they're paid or unpaid, don't have that, that type of information. But assuming that all things are equal, perhaps you can do both. Maybe you can say, you know, I already took this opportunity, and maybe you get in front of it. So before they have to reach out to you to ask you, have you made a decision, you can say, I just got this other opportunity. You know, I was really looking forward to both of these you know, p- positions. Uh, is there a way that I could do both? 
again, we don't know if that's feasible, but the point is to think outside of the box a little bit because you'd be surprised sometimes by giving people options that they haven't considered that might open other doors for you. And we don't know what year this student is in college either. She may be able to work one after this summer and then go on to the next place the next summer. You just have to keep your opportunities open. I like that, like locking in your next summer option. That's a great idea. So I think we've given you quite a bit of different ideas to contemplate. Um, Please keep us posted, both Carlos. We'd love to hear um, how things worked out. We'd love to hear what you're doing now. We love that feedback and that open communication. And of course, we'd love to keep having Malika on the show. (laughs) Having someone with her pedigree is just spectacular. And you heard it. I am biased. She's my sister, but I am so thrilled to share her with all of you because she's just exceptional. Thank you. I've learned from the best. (laughs) Yeah, our mom. (laughs) (laughs) So callers, audience, thank you for listening in. Malika, thank you so much for being on our show today. You are just incredible. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day. Do you have any barriers that we can help you break through? If so, you can leave a brief message at 646-363-6322 or on our interactive blog at www.breakthroughadr.com. Please follow us on Twitter Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at the at sign B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H capital A capital D capital R. I'm your host, Damali Peterman, and this is Breakthrough Barriers with Damali. Although I am a lawyer, mediator, and an educator, and many of my co-hosts will represent various professions, we want to be clear that we are not providing legal advice, counseling, or suggestions. Our goal is to provide a roadmap for conflict resolution to generate future conflict resolvers. Continue to break through and have a wonderful day.